You can, you can travel on any budget, honestly. Like if you make it a priority, Skyscanner, Google Alerts, you know you're going on a trip next year, book your trip on Black Friday. Back in November of 2019, I had the chance to interview Jessica G for the podcast. And I have to say so much has changed for the Bucket List family and also the entire world since then. As professional travelers, things really slowed down when the coronavirus restrictions were put in place. And the G family settled into their family home in Hawaii and have since developed the Bucket List family cartoon and a whole line of merch, debuting their famous backpack. Currently, the family is back to traveling and creating YouTube videos. And as of now, they have visited over 86 countries. It's incredible. In this interview, Jessica shares how they handle the long flights with their kids, the best snacks to travel with, and some of the best places to visit as a family. One thing that I appreciate about the Bucketless family is their dedication to documenting their experiences together, whether they are swimming with whales or just hanging out in the kitchen together. They have videos and photos to show for it. You are going to love this chat about why it's so important to document our stories and what made them decide to sell everything and travel the world in the first place. Do you have a pressing question about parenting but don't know who to ask? We are women supporting women, and we've got you. I'm Vanessa Quigley, and welcome to the Mom Force Podcast brought to you by Chatbooks. Speaking of documenting memories, Silly Millie left this review of our Chatbooks app. She says, Once I had kids, I realized that we don't really have printed photos anymore. Everything is on our phones in computers. And what if something happened and I lost all of the cherished photos of my children? I would be devastated. <laughs> so I started to look for a solution and I came across Chatbooks. They are easy to make, affordable, and can even be used as decor in my home. I love to make yearbooks, a book for each family photo session, each vacation, holiday, birthday party, etc. That way I have all of the important photos saved and I can look at them anytime. And Chapbook saves them, so if I ever need or want to print another book, I can. Sometimes I even print an extra copy to share with my parents and other family members. These books are worth every single penny and I recommend them to everyone I know. We love you, Millie. And of course, you listeners, you can use the code MOMFORCE20 for 20% off your next Chapbooks purchase. Okay, now let's get to the interview. Okay, I'm so excited. Today we have Jessica G with us. Thank you for being here. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. This has been a long time coming, I feel like. I know. And if you guys don't already know, Jessica is the mom of the Bucket List family. You should be following their family on Instagram. Pause right now. Follow the Bucket List family. <laughs> but for those of you who don't know their story, can you just tell us a little bit about how you became this world-traveling family? How did it get started? Um, it started about four years ago, and my husband had a, a company he was working on. He sold it to Snapchat, so he lived out in L.A., and long story short, he didn't feel good about where he was at. So he had said, you know, I want to go back to college and finish what I was doing there, finish playing soccer, and I just, I did not love that idea. I didn't want to go backwards in life. Yeah, I get it. And so I kind of had this idea of why don't we just do like a little bit of traveling? That'll kind of force us out of our comfort zones. It'll teach us a little bit more about the world. Honestly, it was really us putting off grown-up decisions. 
And um, we weren't ready. We didn't know where we wanted to buy a house. We didn't know where we wanted to raise our kids. We, we didn't know any of this. I had said, let's just travel for a few months and then we'll come back and we'll figure it out. I was going on a family vacation. Uh-huh. Uh, and my husband is always the one like wheels are always turning in his head. And he was, he created an Instagram, he created a YouTube, not necessarily to like try to turn it into this massive thing, mostly to document. He's a big documenter to my surprise. What was initially a four or five month trip turned into three years full time. We had a baby stopped performance in between travels and traveled <laughs> with a baby. And we've had some of the most incredible experiences. I think we've been to 80 countries now as a family. Did you originally set out with an actual bucket list of places you wanted to visit on this extended vacation? Yeah, we had a few things that we wanted to do. Um, I really wanted to see the lanterns in Thailand. Garrett wanted to do swim with the whales in Tonga. So we kind of picked our like three or four things that we wanted to do. And then and we filled it in. Singapore got on the list and Bali got on the list and they were all just amazing. But it initially started with a small list. Well, I love how Garrett started with the end in mind. He knew he wanted this to be bigger than just a, a family vacation. And the documenting is so important. You have the Bucket List Family Instagram. You've got Instagrams for your kids. And the most in a YouTube yeah. channel. The day we had our first, our oldest daughter, Garrett created a Dorothy 7 account and posted to it every single day as a journal. Really? Now Dorothy's here sitting there with like 350,000 followers. But initially it was a private account. He posted every day because he wanted to remember everything. Well, you're so good to be with us. We actually get so many questions in our Mom Force Facebook group about traveling with kids. And we knew you were the woman to answer them, <laughs> um, especially this time of year when so many families are traveling around the holidays. And when I mentioned in the Facebook group that I was going to be interviewing, I had so many people submit questions specifically for you. And so I was hoping you would answer those for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll start with Megan. Megan says, I'd love to know how do they manage travel and activities with kids at different different ages. So tell us, what are the ages of your kids? You have three? Uh, yep. We have three children. I have a seven, five, and 20-month-year-old. And one of those you had on the road, right? And the one of those we had on the road. <laughs> yeah. So I traveled for, you know, eight months pregnant, super pregnant. So how do you do that? How do you juggle the, the rambunctious toddler and then Dorothy's, you know, getting older and a newborn baby? Yeah. It's kind of been one of those things that we just do. It's just what we do. And and I think as moms, we just get so nervous about the logistics. And, and I get it. There, It's rough. Callie right now is terrible to travel with. He's no fun on planes and stuff, but it's just, it's what we do. And he learns and it's how he learns. Now Dorothy and Manila, you know, they pack their own backpack. They get to the airport. They, they put it through security. They walk onto the plane. They sit in their seat. They pull out their snacks and their toys and they ask the flight attendant for cranberry juice. It's just what they do and they know it. And so I think kids, if they grow up knowing how to sit at a table quietly while you're at a restaurant, that's what they learn. Yeah. And if you never take them because sometimes it can be really crappy, then they're not going to learn. And so we're very much trying to pull through it right now with our, with our baby, but it's, it's how he's going to learn. It's worth it going through the hard stuff because he's going to yeah. catch on. As someone who's lived away from family most of my life with all of my babies, I've done a lot of traveling with kids yeah. and some are just naturally easy and others not so. Absolutely. And I will say our second Manila, he is so easy so easy. Honestly, I think a lot of our success and why we're able to keep traveling is because he's such a good little boy. I could sit in an hour long line at security and he's not running around. Like he's right by my side. And some little boys, most little boys are not like that. Thinking about traveling with young kids, I know we've heard some people say, 
well, is it worth taking a young child on a trip that they're not going to remember? But what I hear you saying is that it's not just about the experience of the trip, but there's also life skills that they're learning in the actual traveling. Yeah, I think there's so much that you get out of traveling besides remembering what things you've done and what things you've seen. And a lot of times, a lot of our travels earlier on, we're not trying to hit all the sites. My kids don't want to go see the Louvre and they don't want to go to castles and museums. (laughs) They just don't. And so like, I remember some weeks we went to Vienna, Austria, and we just, we went to the park every day. I couldn't tell you a single thing to do in Vienna because all we did was go to the park because that's what my kids wanted to do. And it's just that, it's that family time trying new things and getting out together that I think that they'll remember. They're not going to remember any museums, but they will remember like the quality time and the things that they've learned, Yeah, you know, and the love that they feel wherever they are. Well, um, just FYI, my teenagers didn't like the Louvre either. So <laughs> I think it's the most overrated site in Paris. <laughs> you mentioned packing, that your, your older kids do their own packing. We had a couple of people ask questions specific about packing. Michaela says, ask how they simplify traveling with kids. I feel like when I travel with kids, I have to bring 10 million things. And then I watch the bucket list videos and they have their whole family's belonging in two backpacks. Is that true? Yeah. (laughs) I'm so, we've become so minimalistic now and I just, I love it. I, I never thought I could live out of a suitcase. And I think one of the first things that I learned is that babies are all over the world. You can buy diapers, you can buy wipes, you can buy formula, you can literally buy everything. You can get pack in place at almost every hotel. You can find this stuff everywhere. And that's something I've learned. And then, yeah, we have our kids pack their own backpacks. I pack their clothes and stuff, but they pack their own bags. And whatever they can fit in their back that they carry is what they can bring. Because I'm not going to bring toys. Yeah. And so many of the places you go are tropical. So that makes it easy. Yes. And honestly, though, like, I feel like if we didn't do so much tropical, our bags would be even lighter because we carry our own masks and fins. And my husband has this giant underwater housing that is like literally half of what we own. Oh, (laughs) for all of his videoing underwater. Yes. Well, I'm glad he carries that around because that video footage of you guys swimming with the dolphins was so epic. And oh my gosh, it was so dreamy. So worth it. (laughs) Oh, totally. Yes. And Tegan in the mom force, she says, how do I make my four and a half year old think more about the adventure of the trip and less about the fact that we can't pack every single toy she owns? You mentioned that you don't pack toys. We try not to have much from home. Like, I mean, I will say on the planes and while we're traveling, that's when they will bring out like phones and stuff like that. But we don't bring anything from home. We want them out playing and experiencing wherever we are. Something we did when they were especially young is every night before bed, it was bedtime stories and it was always about the adventure. It was never a grueling travel day. It was always just hyping up where we were going. You know, we're going to England and there's castles there and princes and princesses and, you know, just trying to make something really epic for these kids to get excited about instead of maybe what they're leaving behind. That was actually a question from someone else. Florence asked, do you prep the kids beforehand for the different culture and customs? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it totally just depends on where you're going and what we're doing. You know, like we spent last week with the great white sharks in Mexico and just talking to the kids about sharks and what we're going to do and what to expect. And we're very well prepared. We have warm wetsuits and everything for the kids and we try to get them as excited as they can because guess what? It's cold and sometimes it can be boring while they're just sitting and waiting. But you know, if you hype it up, I guess it's just all about your own attitude. What about food and, and all the different places that you visit? I'm sure the food is probably different everywhere. Do you have picky eaters? How do you handle that? 
Um, I mean, I feel like I do have picky eaters. Dorothy's much better about trying things. We do have a rule in our family that you'd have to try everything once. And they're very good about trying things once. But, you know, again, it's kind of one of those things like there's kids everywhere. And I feel like you can find like chicken and rice or chicken and pasta everywhere you go. So like we've been okay. And we don't make our kids try bugs because we don't eat bugs and, you know, weirdy (laughs) stuff. Yeah. We've never really had that big of issues like finding good stuff sometimes. Sometimes your snack options for kids can really run low, you know. Yeah, I know a lot of families travel with food. They pack all the snacks that their kids are going to want because there's nothing worse than a meltdown that yeah. <laughs> only goldfish will solve, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and so we, we've found, like, there's certain things you can get all over the world. You can always find, like, rice crackers, peanut butter, and apples, and dried fruit. And, you know, then there's, of course, candy everywhere when you need that for your bribery. Emergency situations, yep. Yes. <laughs> I was curious about this. In all of your travel and long plane rides, do you let your kids on electronics, phones, and iPads? We do, but you know what? We now that we're at, we have a home now in Hawaii, and now that we're at home, there's no phones at home. We'll have an occasional like show that we like sit down and watch together. So that way, when we are on planes and trains and long car rides, they're like locked in. They're so easy because they're so excited to be on their phones. Yeah, because it's special. And that's pretty much the only time that they get them is on those long, long flights. Uh, any other ways that you entertain your kids? Uh, each of our kids has their things that they like love. I mean, Dorothy, for so long, she was really into these little princess clip dresses and Play-Doh. So she would sit on a plane for hours and just play with Play-Doh. Yes. And, and then Manila, he loves this car. So I'll go buy two new cars before a flight and he's stoked. That's so awesome. Abigail asks, how do you deal with major time zone differences traveling with small kids, especially under the age of one? Do you have a routine for getting your kids acclimated to the destination? You know, in a lot of our travels, we made very small hops. You know, we would do one big hop and then slowly move around. So we didn't, we don't do too much of it because it is tough. It's really hard. I think something that is important is to give yourself a day, maybe two of buffer before you start going hard. Otherwise it's, it's tough. You know, we try really hard not to nap and to stay up as late as we can so that we start waking up and getting acclimated on, on a normal time schedule. That's hard for me to do even. Because... Oh, it's so hard. And so I always tell people this and then I literally don't do it myself because I can't not nap. Here's another question. This is from Rachel and she asks, how do you get out and do things solo or as a couple while traveling together as a family, like whether it's working out or doing something without the kids, how do you find babysitters while traveling? It depends on where we go. There've been some places, you know, we go to Tonga every year. We're out on the boat alone usually. Um, and then we bring somebody with us. That doesn't always happen, but sometimes we'll bring someone with us. Like friends or family? Well, yeah, like a friend or a family member or something to stay and watch the kids back at the house while we're doing it. And then other times, if we're at a Ritz-Carlton or Four Seasons, they bring in a great vetted person. And then we also stay at places with kids clubs a lot. It's something that we really value, having that time to be able to go out and do stuff alone. And so we try to choose places that we can stay where there is some help. That's such a great idea. I know that's why a lot of people love Disney cruises because they can enjoy the cruise while their kids are fully entertained. Totally. totally. Yeah, there's some properties that are really, really great for like a full family. And and my kids, they love it. If I tell them there's a kids club at our hotel, they're stoked. Well, that was actually one of the questions from Mercedes. She says, I would love to know your favorite kid-friendly place that you have traveled to and what you do to make it enjoyable for all ages. 
So do you have a favorite destination or a favorite like resort? If you're saying best, like most family friendly place, I actually think Fiji is incredibly family friendly, mostly because at almost every hotel they offer these nannies and it's like included in the price. And like we've stayed at places where they give you like a nanny per kid. Oh, wow. And they're the sweetest, kindest, nicest. Like, they love your children. We just think they're so family-friendly. And, you know, if you say in Fiji, I mean, there's always stuff for the whole family. You know, like, there's snorkeling and pools and hikes and the culture there. Like, it's so culture-rich. There's so much service you can do. Like, it's one of those places that you can literally take off any box, whether you want romance or high adventure or downtime or family time or culture. Like literally you can do everything. We, we love Fiji. We think that's a great spot. All right. That is on my bucket list now. <laughs> now I know there are some destinations where you get a lot of bang for your buck. Is there a, an affordable place that could check all those boxes that you could recommend? Is Fiji affordable? Fiji and Tahiti are, are those places that if you book it in a package, it's so much more affordable. If you know, we, we work with uh, Fiji vacations a lot and they put together these packages. If you try to book it on your own, you're going to pay like a thousand dollars round trip for a ticket. But if you book it in a package, you might get a trip $1,500 a person for seven nights. And that includes airfare and that includes food. So you've just got to watch for these packages that are available on a lot of travel agencies websites because they get such a great deal when you put it all together it's so much more affordable. I have never done that before. I, I hadn't either. I hadn't either until we started doing this and started working with some of these brands. And I realized how much, you know, I'm always the type of person that well, I bet I can get a rental car cheaper. Or I yeah, think me. I can That's get me. <laughs> a flight cheaper. But sometimes it really is so much more beneficial to book it all as a package. And then you have someone waiting for you when you arrive and you have, you know, you're kind of handheld. And honestly, I think especially with those types of trips, like a Fiji or a Tahiti, it's definitely the way to go. So a lot of our listeners are looking for more tips and tricks for budget travel. I know you guys do get to stay at a lot of luxury resorts because you're basically paid to travel now, right? Yeah. I mean, now it's a job and and everywhere we go, we're, we're usually hosted. But I mean, that's not how it always was. And when we first started, we always preferred Airbnbs. And I love traveling in Airbnbs for many reasons. Once it's a lot cheaper and two, you feel like a local, like you're staying in a home in, in the middle of this gorgeous fields in New Zealand. And, you know, your neighbors are real neighbors who are farmers. But I mean, as far as other budget ways, there's always, you can, you can travel on any budget, honestly. Like if you make it a priority, you can literally travel on any budget. There's great resources out there. Skyscanner is a great place. Google Alerts, especially, I know this is coming out before Thanksgiving. If you know you're going on a trip next year, book your trip on Black Friday. Like, Almost every airline will have a deal coming up in a few weeks. A Skyscanner actually lists a bunch of them. Yeah, for sure book your trips over the holidays and all these like really great sales yeah. in Cyber Mondays and stuff. Like, absolutely. I never would have thought to book my travel on a Black Friday I know. deal, but I know. Yeah, I'm not for much sure. of a planner, but this will maybe lock me into making some plans. Yeah. I loved what you said about how staying in an Airbnb helps you feel more like a local. That's that's what I love to do when we travel. And Michaela, she asked this question, how do you get involved in and experience the actual communities and cultures of the countries and not just the touristy stuff? I think you need to put some effort into it. Sometimes, you know, sometimes when you go stay in these resorts, especially like an all-inclusive resort, you just get trapped in this all-inclusive bubble. bubble. Yeah. So you have to do a little bit of research. We, we try to do a service project everywhere we go, if possible, a planned one. 
a lot of times we just do a Facebook search because a lot of nonprofits don't have websites, but they all have a Facebook group. We've gone to orphanages. We've gone to old folks' homes. We've gone to animal shelters. We've played soccer with local soccer groups. You can find a lot of community groups on Facebook if you just put a little bit of effort into it. I feel like that would make it so much more memorable. Absolutely. And I feel like those are always the days that people come back being like, that was the best part of my trip. Well, do you have one of those experiences, like a a time when you were giving back to the community that really stands out in your mind? I I remember one time we were in Wolfsburg, Germany. We were there working with the Ritz-Carlton and it was beautiful. And it's all about cars is where they make Volkswagens. We walk in and they had this, like, it was during Christmas time, they had this giving tree and you could like donate $20 to whatever child is in need of. And I went over to the concierge and I was like, Hey, like, what, what is this? And they were like, Oh, well, you know, the staff does this. And they actually go over and deliver all of these gifts and they go volunteer and teach German and English and just interact with the refugees. And I was like, wait, what could we go with the staff? And they were like, I, let me ask. And anyway, we ended up spending one evening that should have been spent chilling at the Ritz Carlton and going with the Ritz staff over to the refugee camp. And we went and bought a bunch of warm clothes, brought them over there and then just played with the kids and had dinner. And like, it's just one of those times where you're like just getting out of yourself and figuring out what else people need. And uh, we were so grateful to the staff for showing us what an incredible example to take their time off to go and teach these refugees German so they could acclimate better to their new lifestyle. I love that. And if you had to choose touring a museum or spending that time working in the community, doing some charitable service, how much more totally, meaningful? Totally. Yeah. You know, and it's especially those long conversations that you can have with, even with taxi driver that you're like, oh my gosh, I, I can learn so much more about the culture and a 10 minute Uber ride than I did my, the whole rest of my trip. What about service that people had given you? I know in my many years traveling with kids, often without my husband, <laughs> I was always so grateful for the kind stranger that helped me lift my bags or hold a crying baby. Have you any experience stick out in your mind where somebody has given service to you and your family? Honestly, it's always those times where you're least expecting it. I remember one flight, I was sitting separate from Garrett with Manila. I think he was a lap child at the time a lap child. And we were flying from Toronto to Tokyo, a 14 hour flight. And I was like in the middle with a lap child. I was like, this is literally going to be the worst 14 hours of my life. And this guy in the middle row, he had a row to himself and he got up and he walked over to me and was like, do you want to sit with me? And I was ready to cry. Mm. And we ended up kind of commandeering his whole row and just like me and Manila being able to lay down with this. And this guy was just, you know, sitting up like a normal passenger, but he was so sweet. That flight was just one of the most memorable things that this guy would have given up a row. Yes, for that long He probably could have laid down on for a mom with a baby. It was so nice. Oh, because you know, there's nothing worse when you're walking down the aisle and you can hear everyone going, oh, rolling their eyes. This mom and all of her kids, this is going to be horrible. Like I already start off feeling bad. Yeah, 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 totally. So you guys are basically celebrities now. Now when you travel, do people recognize you as the bucket list family? And what is that like? yeah. They do now. And I I mean, it depends where we are. A lot of times, especially in airports, people, uh, travelers follow us. And so a lot of times we'll run into people on the road. And yeah, I mean, it's weird. It's super weird. For a long time, I could get away with not being recognized, me personally. But if we were together as a family, like we always got stopped. I've had to learn that like people are watching you, even if you think they're not, even if I think I'm flying under the radar. Then like, you know, 20 minutes later, I'll get a DM being like, I just saw you at the grocery store. And I'm like, oh, I looked so bad and was probably yelling at my kid. And 
Yeah, but it, it's been weird, but it's also been super fun. Like we really appreciate it when people come up and say hello and not take too much time, but just say something sweet and ask for a quick picture and then be on their way. And it's, it's so great. We've met some wonderful people. What's that like for your kids? Do they handle that well? Uh, Dorothy likes it. My oldest, she likes it. She's down with it. And, and I've told her, I was like, if you want to take a picture with someone, you can. I was like, but you can also say no. Just say no, thank you. Or, you know, you, you don't have to do anything you want to. Manila doesn't even care. I don't even think he knows, like, he doesn't know anything. But Dorothy's starting to realize that people watch her videos. People will come up to her and be like, oh my gosh, I saw your videos. And it helped me learn how to swim and blah, blah, blah. And then it was a few months ago, we were at some pool and this girl came up to Dorothy and was like, hey, do you do you even know how to swim? And Dorothy was like, well, don't you watch my videos? <laughs> don't you know who I am? <laughs> She's got this like skewed mentality of like, because so many strangers come and tell her they've seen her videos, but then she doesn't realize that everybody hasn't seen her videos. Yeah. Uh, so it's just, it's weird. She's kind of learning how, what her place is. And she said, how many Instagram followers do we have? I was like, ah, Dorothy, that is not important. It doesn't matter. And she was like, well, my friends at school says we have a lot, say we have a lot of Instagram followers. Like, Don't worry about it. Oh, that's like a whole new world to navigate it's as a, a mom. Whole that- new <laughs> weird world to navigate. Weird. Well, I love that you guys have documented so much of your life and have shared amazing, amazing videos. And actually, we had a question from someone in the Mom Forest. Tori asked. I'd love to hear any video camera suggestions that they have. I want to start documenting my kids' lives with videos to pass down to them. So I know Garrett does most of the videoing, right? Garrett's definitely the editor, but he always says, and I love this, he always says the best camera is whatever camera you have in your hand. You don't have to have the big DSLR. You don't have to have even a GoPro. Just start documenting. Grab your phone or whatever you have access to and just start filming. And then, and I think if you can give yourself these, these goals or these deadlines that you want to have. If you just went on a trip to Hawaii, like give yourself a week to edit it and put it together. Otherwise it'll just sit in your like hard drive for forever and you'll never get around to it. So you really got to like push yourself to amen to edit it. And I mean, that's been something we've actually, it's kind of double-edged sword where it's super annoying every week when you're, it's like, I have to do a video, but I'm like, no, like if you weren't held accountable by this every Sunday YouTube video deadline, I don't think we would have everything. It's made us accountable to have this weekly video and you can put, there's also like softwares out there that'll like throw it together for you. I've actually seen people advertising services online, send them all the, your videos and they'll make the video for you. I mean, there's, oh, totally. there's ways to do it. Absolutely. I love what he said about any camera is better than no camera. I know for me, I will never regret taking a video, but I do regret not taking them. And sometimes when I watch your videos with your kids, I think what treasures these are for their family. Yeah. And, and I will say my husband is very good about taking a video and being in the moment. It's, it's much harder for me, but Garrett's really good about holding his camera in his hand, watching what's taking place, not watching the camera. He's acquired that skill, I feel like, over the years. And I, and I also feel like the more you shoot and the more you edit, the easier it'll be in the back of your mind to take better video. Yeah, that's true. Because sometimes we do get stuck behind the camera. Even like literally last week with the great white sharks, I'm watching the great white sharks from my like GoPro screen when they're like right in front of me. (laughs) Dang, I know. Okay, so it takes practice is what you're saying. Yeah, and then just, just, yeah, get out your phone, get out your camera, whatever you've got, just, just start filming. And then set a deadline for yourself. I love that you said that because when we go on a trip, I'm really not that great at taking video. I want to take more video, but I do take a lot of photos. And then my rule of thumb is I make, the chat book on the way home from the trip. That's a great idea. Because if not, once I get home, 
life starts again and I never get around to it. But with chapbooks, super easy. You can make that book right on your phone. And today launches in our app, a bucket list travel chapbook. Yeah. Yay. So excited about it. Jessica, tell us a little bit about the book. Yeah, we're so excited about it. We worked together with your team, your super talented team, to create this cute little travel journal. It could be for kids, but it could be for anyone. And it's super cute designs. Where did you go? How did you get there? Your favorite moments, throwing in your favorite pictures, writing down your favorite memories, your favorite foods would be so cute to give to a kid before they go on a trip or really any adventure and then filling it in. And we're so excited. We're so excited about this. This is going to be something and I, and I can't wait to start doing this for every trip. I also think it's going to be a great gift for us to give out to some of our like family friends. And don't forget listeners with the code podcast 20, you get 20% off all your chapbooks, including the bucket list travel chapbook. So get in the app and check it out. The bucket list family. What is the plan after all of the blogging and YouTubing and traveling? Is there going to be an end? I don't know. It's like a weird thing because you're like, I'm just so burnt out. But then you're like, but I always want to document my life. I I love that aspect. I mean, I'll say I think my husband's pretty worn out. It's exhausting editing a 20, 30 minute video every single week. Like it is exhausting. We bought a house about a year ago in Hawaii and now we're traveling less, trying to pair it with kids school holidays, but it's hard. I mean... When you have these opportunities, especially now that it's a job and people are like, can I pay you to come to Dubai? And you're like, yeah, you can pay me to come to Dubai. Well, if you can't go, I'll go. You, I'll, I'll All go. Right, you fine. can just send All me. Right, fine. <laughs> All right, fine. But you know, now we have this really great life set up in Hawaii. Like I don't want to leave Hawaii a lot of the times. So I'm usually the homebody and Garrett's still the yes man. So I'm the one who has to be like, no, 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 no. The kids have soccer games. We can't go to Dubai tomorrow. Garrett's working on a new project. Garrett announced he wants to make a, a bucket list family cartoon. Yes. So he's knee deep in startup mode again. I think he's really excited about this new challenge and opportunity, uh, something he's really passionate about and just kind of starting from ground zero. I mean, Bucket List, I guess, was kind of his second startup and he's done so well with it. And now he's ready to like dive into something new. And you mentioned the house in Hawaii. I think I saw that you have a TV show about decorating this house based on your travels. <laughs> yeah, we did a little web series. We partnered with a, a network called Home Love Network. And Candace and Andy, they used to have an HGTV show where they would restore old homes. And our home in Hawaii is this 100-year-old bungalow on the water. And we reached out to them just to kind of pick their brain. And long story short, it evolved into this TV show. So all last summer, we traveled to different countries and Every country we traveled to was inspiration for a different room. So our kitchen was Brazil-inspired. Our bedroom was Morocco-inspired. The kids' bedroom was Kenya-inspired. And we showed up to our brand-new home last August, and we put all the trust into Candice, the designer and host. And it was like a complete surprise. It was really cool. Like, you know, after not having a home for three years, it was quite the emotional moment for us. Oh, I can imagine. I love that it reflects some of the adventures that you've had together as a family. Yeah. All right, we've got to wrap this up, but I have five more questions. Quick, rapid fire questions for you, Jess. So you ready? What is the travel item you can't live without? A GoPro. Top three countries you'd recommend visiting with little kids? Fiji, Japan. Turkey. Ooh. Okay. Dream destination for a couple celebrating a special anniversary. Maldives. Yes. It's on my list. Most embarrassing travel moment. Uh, I think it was maybe when I had booked a rental car for one place and I was in another place 
It was just in California when I'm picking up a rental car in LA and they're like, mm, this rental car is San Francisco. <laughs> I've had that experience when I've showed up to the airport for a flight that was on a different day with all seven of my kids. Yep. And, and when you travel so much, that stuff actually happens pretty frequently. <laughs> okay. Last question. Proudest parenting moment in your travels? I mean, maybe, so. I mean, there's been a bunch, but maybe last week was pretty special just having my kids jump in with great white sharks and neither of them have put in a, a regulator. They, they had, we had scuba regulators and it was one of those things that I feel like any adult was actually pretty scared to like get in and breathe underwater if, they, if they're not scuba certified. My kids just put on a wetsuit put a regulator in their mouth and just went down six feet and sat in these cages for 45 minutes and watched these great white sharks. And it's easier said than done. But I mean, that's been years of teaching my kids to swim and snorkel and trust us and love wildlife and appreciate wildlife and be patient. It was just one of those things where like it all kind of came to this pinnacle of something they've been trained and taught to do over the last four years. And they just did it. And wow. they were champs and they loved it and they appreciated it. And we're just so grateful that they let us guide them and, and teach them and, and that they take it in. I imagine you don't let them watch Shark Week, though. Oh, no. <laughs> that no, would make no. jumping in very, very different story. A very no, different no, no, story. No, 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 no. <laughs> there's no Shark Week and there's always the sharks are nice. They don't... The sharks are our friends. Yeah. I love it. Jess, you're the best. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you, Vanessa. So many great tips. Where can people find you? People can find us on Instagram, on the Bucky List family, and same place on YouTube. And that's usually where we're at. All right. And don't forget to check out the Bucket List chat book in the app, on the web. Use the code PODCAST20 for a discount. And happy travels, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining the Mom Force. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. And come join the conversation over on our Mom Force Facebook group. And check out the show notes for a special chat book's discount code. Until next time.